Blood and Barrels discuss cases that contain graphic content. And Mike has a potty mouth. So does Amy. Nah. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Blood and Barrels. I'm Mike. I'm Amy. And we hope all of you had a good Mother's Day, or at least to the mamas. Shout out to the mamas. That's right. I think I put a shout out on our Instagram, but still. Yeah. Shout out to the mamas. We hope you had a good Mother's <laughs> Day and, you know, maybe you got to, I don't know, go out or, you know, have a cookout or whatever whatever your thing <laughs> is, you know. Have some margaritas. We did all of the above. <laughs> we did. Yeah, so we have a tradition in our family, like... Every year we have moms and margaritas, and we have a big, big extended family. We have um, a lot of moms. A lot of moms. <laughs> so, yeah, it turns into a pretty big shindig, and uh, shout out to Noni for hosting. That's right. So we hang out, and we cook out, and, and uh, shout out to El Jefe for doing all the uh, all the food. Oh, my he gosh. Always does the food. And... The pork this time was... Oh, so good. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The pork tacos. He always does, like, pork tacos. It's a thing. I almost stole the pork. It goes it goes well with the margaritas too. Oh, he does an amazing job on yeah. that. And normally I spend the entire uh, day bartending, <laughs> <laughs> like all day. Uh, but this time we got uh, or uh, Noni actually set up some premix ahead of time, so it made uh, it made it to where I could actually like hang and like have a good time too, which was nice. So we had karaoke yeah. with bubbles. We did have bubble karaoke, <laughs> which. Never thought that would happen, but yeah, well, it was the kids' bubble machine. That, Thanks, you know, Dubby Dave. Dubby Dave. Like everybody has like a code name. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's that's not even intentional. No, this not just, at all. You know, it just happens. Yeah, that way. yeah, it just is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I, I had a blast for Mother's Day, and it wasn't even uh, I'm not even mother, <laughs> so I had a good time. And then uh, for you, we went out and had dinner, and we took the kids to. We have this. Um, Arcade 92. Yeah, it's like a local retro arcade. So it's, you pay like, it's like 12 bucks per person and you can play all the games you want. They got free. For like all day. Yeah, all day. And so it's, it's a really kind of fun, nice family thing to do. That Tapper game was a blast. Dude, I was laughing because I was sitting there going, Budweiser had a game (laughs) and it's like Nintendo. Like it's that old. Like, yeah, of course, you know, now they couldn't do that, but you know, back then. Yeah. Well, and I like like the controller was like an actual like, It was like a tap. A mini beer yeah. tap and yeah. yeah. So Amy found that game and lo- we lost her. Like she was gone. That and the Munster's pinball. Well, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> the pinball, like I was doing the Dr. No James Bond pinball machine, which was across, like way far away from you. Um, but when you were doing Tapper, Paperboy was right next to it. Mm-hmm. And it had like the bike handles. And I was like, yeah. That took me a minute to get used to. I was trying to show uh, the floon how to play it. It was hard, actually. Yes, yes, way way harder, way harder than on the Nintendo. Well, see, and I always played it on the Game Boy. So, (laughs) it's funny. I never played the Game Boy version. Yeah, I played it on the Game Boy, and the Nintendo was even harder for me than the Game Boy because I was used to it being like right here in my hands. And I mean, that's fair, but that's I think that's a controller difference. But at least on like the on the Nintendo, like. And probably the Game Boy, like it has you at that angled path, and all you have to do is click left or right yes. to move. Yes. With this one, nah, you have to like steer. Yeah, it's and... like a racing game with a steering wheel, and if you overshoot it, pfft, yeah, yeah, I crashed into lots of houses when I was trying to play it and show Garrett how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah, we had lots of fun. So uh, anyway, we hope yours was uh, equally as good. So well, and then Matt showed up with a smoothie and flowers and my favorite candy and the sweetest card ever. Yeah, and uh, the little guys got you serial killer or was a uh, was just I just posted it. It's cure, killer trivia game. I just posted it on there Instagram. You go, killer trivia game, and then you got a book about yep. uh, lesser known serial killers. Yep. Um, and it says on there, like, ones you don't know. And she looks and she's like, I only know two of these. So that's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah. We well, might have some interesting cases coming for you soon. Obviously, I knew the Texas killing fields. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> we live here, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we may have some interesting cases coming yeah, off that soon. We'll see. It was, it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, it's funny because uh, our kids are just like, yes, let's get mommy murder things, you know? <laughs> murder things or wine. Yeah. <laughs> I usually give you the wine. That but usually is a it? from me thing. Last year, one of them was like, let me give her the wine. <laughs> one of them. Yeah, I don't remember. You do like wine. The kids know what I like. Yeah, I mean, they definitely do. But I just, I'm like, yeah, that's not something <laughs> we should let you give to mommy. That, that's a from me thing, you know? I think it's totally fine. Whoever wants to get me wine can give me wine fair enough (laughs) prosecco or moscato to be exact or that the vion yeezy yeah that was some good shit yeah i'd never had one until we had it that was was pretty good so anyway we're not having wine today no no we're doing beer today and we're uh we've actually done a case with the falling sky before but we're going back because they sent us enough that we could do a second case so so this is our second episode with falling sky and they got good stuff so we're looking forward to this uh we're gonna start off with the Stormwalker irish red ale but i think before we get into the description where are we going well we are going back to oregon Oregon. Mm-hmm. The Independence Area. Independence Area. That's yeah. where the brewery is? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so we're, we're actually doing a pretty well-known case today. Oh, okay. So. Oh, yes. I do remember you telling me what the case was. Yes. Yeah. We're going to be doing Diane Downs. Ooh, you got a preview of what we're doing. We never don't tell you You're yet. You're yeah. welcome. But I think we should try this red first. Yeah. Irish Red Ale. Let's, let's do it. And this is a 5% ABV. You said you've got a description, right? So there's no description on untapped other than, you know, like the tagged words, which are malty, smooth, sweet, light, and rich. That's okay. They don't have a description on the can either, but they have this like flavor forecast, which I kind of like. So it shows yeast and it says English ale, and then it's got aroma, malty, another aroma, toffee, like candy. Yeah, I like toffee. Mouthfeel. My favorite, my favorite <laughs> word. I know it's a real thing, but so it's medium bodied. Malt is caramel sweet. Ooh. And then also malt is roastiness. And then hops are earthy. So yeah. And it says best with like uh, fish and chips. So well, damn. Now I wish we had some fish and chips. True that. All right. Ready? Let's do it. Nice simultaneous pop. Cheers. Cheers. Smells good. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I like that one, too. I definitely get a little bit of that, like, caramely toffee. I was going to say the same thing, but I was questioning myself. But I get the caramel. Yeah, I get a little bit of the, the roast, or they call it roasty or whatever. I yeah. don't remember what they said. But it's not smoky, but yeah, it's... Well, roasty and smoky are different. But it's got a great flavor profile. It's a, a nice, bold red, which I appreciate, because I do love a red. This is a really good beer. What would you give it? Uh, 4.75 or 5. One, I'm going to go 5. Yeah, I would almost, yeah, for sure. I'd check in. Like, I'm glad we each have our own can on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guess what? You got a badge. I did, but this week is American Craft Beer Week. Is it? Yep. So the 15th through the 21st is American Craft Beer Week. week. So I got the 2023 American Craft Beer Badge. Very nice. And since you brought that up, I thought it was also important that, you know, if anybody knows, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So, you know, we talk about that on the show quite a bit. So I did not know that, actually. Yes. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we talk about mental health quite a bit on here, um, A, because of me and because of (laughs) because of what we do. Right. I mean, mental health plays into some of these murders and things like that. A lot of them. So, uh, you know. Obviously, I'm not going to sit here and go through, uh, you know, we've talked, if you can always Google the the, the suicide hotline number. Um, and honestly, these days, you really don't even need to, because if you have a cell phone now, you just dial 988. So, um, but of course, you know, if you, if you are struggling with those things, you can always, um, you know, check out local resources in your area. I know Texas has uh, some help uh, for things like that. And the, the awareness has come become a lot more and there's a lot more resources. So, uh, you know. Please, everybody, take care of your mental health. And uh, yeah. Well, and there's even a lot of people now that w- will let you do counseling or whatever online so you don't have to. Yeah, you don't even have to leave your house. Yeah. Well, and not like a lot of times when you have a mental health issue, you don't want to leave your house. You just want to stay there. So they're trying to give 
multiple avenues to help people, which I think is great. Absolutely. That being said, I don't know if this week's episode touches on mental health, but because you brought up the other thing, I thought I'd throw that out there. And we, <laughs> and we actually talked about this, uh, I think, a little bit in our last episode. So, yeah, I think it was the um, last one. So, yeah. But that being said, we're, uh, well, we know where we're going. We're going to Oregon in the Independence area. But what is, uh, oh, you said that too. Diane, Diane Downs. Downs. You, see, you messed up my flow. <laughs> you messed up my flow. So we are talking about Diane Downs. Do you know anything about Diane Downs? So to be perfectly honest, I've heard the name a million times and <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Sadly, I, I feel like I should. So she falls in with like Andrea Yates, um, Darlie Routier. She drowned her kids or something or killed, killed her kids. She did not drown them. But yes, oh, okay. she falls right. in the in those groups. Like you're familiar with Darlie Routier. Oh, yeah. She was long before Darlie Routier. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how you could be from this area and not know about Darlie Routier, at least if you're our age. Like, yeah. I actually went to school with, um, I think it was like her niece or something. Yeah. And she actually, I saw her on the TV. She was not very happy, which understandably, like, she was sticking up for her aunt. So yeah. I get it. But yeah, I mean, yes, everybody knows. <laughs> if you're our age, everybody knows that case. Well, and Andrea Yates as well. She was just from Houston, but. Was that not a drowning? I. Don't remember how I don't remember either. Drea did it. I probably am fucking it up, yeah. Anyway, Diane did not drown her children. But we're gonna talk about her for a minute. About Diane. Yep. Okay. She was actually born Elizabeth Diane Downs. Or I'm sorry, Elizabeth Diane Fredrickson. Okay. On August seventh, nineteen fifty five. She was born in Phoenix, Arizona, to Wesley Linden and Willadine Fredrickson. Willadine, I like that. That's old school. Well, and is that a guy's name? Will oh wait, what was the other? What was the first w- name? Wesley Linden. And no, Wesley's a the dude's name. Willadine, I think, is the. So she took her mother's last name then. I guess, yeah. I mean, that's different, but maybe they weren't wed at the time. As possible, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't see anything about that, but. Um... She was raised in a family with really strict conservative values. And she would later go go on to claim that her father had sexually abused her at the age of 12, which caused her to try and commit suicide at the age of 13. I, I'm not saying that this didn't happen, but we're going to learn that you maybe can't trust everything that comes out of Diane's mouth. Fair enough. Diane would later tell media that her father never went so far as to rape her, but that he would inappropriately touch her on multiple occasions. But she also said that the abuse ended as quickly as it began, and he became a normal father. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's why I'm saying maybe we don't trust her. I mean, I hate to to discount that, but... Yeah, I, I don't most, know. It just seems odd. As far as I'm aware, most abusers don't just... Start and stop. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. seems odd, but you know, possible. Possible. Now, it is known that her parents were married as teenagers and that they possibly were not very well equipped to raise a child. And it's been said that they did love their daughter, but they lacked the ability to show her that love, to show her that love that she needed. Because they were probably, because they were still kids and they were still acting like kids. Yeah. Now, Diane was very smart and she excelled in school, but she was not in the popular crowd. Her parents would not let her dress like the other girls her age. And her classmates looked at her as kind of an outcast or a square. And she felt as though she was the class's ugly duckling. At the age of 14, Elizabeth began to rebel against these conservative values and this happened shortly after her father allowed her to enroll in a charm school. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> All right. So most of us probably know, but a, a charm school is a school for younger teenage girls to help them learn how to prepare to be proper women in society. Right. I mean, it teaches you multiple things, but like manners, mm-hmm. table manners, and you know, how, to, how to properly present yourself. Popular. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because back then, like you didn't, I mean. Shit our kids do at the dinner table, I'm like, back in the day? No, oh, I went to charm trouble. school. You, did you really? Dillard's charm school, I sure did. No way. I did. I like was, Dillard's in the mall? Yeah, I was in a fashion show for them, too. It was like a six-weeks course. Oh, yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So okay. you learned how to be a proper lady. Wearing a swimsuit. So it was more of a swimsuit contest. I'm going to be <laughs> well, honest. No, it was, it I love was, you, but you're not that proper. <laughs> it, was, it was like a six weeks course. It was more, they called it charm school, but I think it was more like for people who wanted to get into modeling or whatever. Yeah. But my mom signed me up for it probably because she heard charm, charm school. school. Yeah. yeah. She's like, oh, she'll learn some manners. And you're like, bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> it was a one piece bathing suit that I modeled in the Collin Creek Mall. Fair enough. In the Collin Creek Mall. Oh, okay. yeah. We put on a full on fashion show in the Collin Creek Mall. Was it by the fountains? I think it was in Dillard's. Like, right. Oh, when you, in Dillard's. Like, okay. but right where you walked in. So people walking by the Dillard's would see the fashion show happening and then would go inside. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Uh, Collin Creek Mall. I know. And they're taking a really long time to rebuild whatever they're building. The cranes are there every time we drive by. I never look because I'm always driving, but yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's just a bunch of cranes and concrete. Fair enough. Anyway, Dillard's Charm School is not what Diane was a part of. About this time is when Diane dropped Elizabeth and started going by Diane. She improved her dress and purposely became a flirt. And at this time, the boys her age started noticing her. Diane attended Moon Valley High School in Phoenix, where she met Steve Downs. And I looked, this high school is still around, and it's a, it's a four-year high school, 9 to 12. Diane decided that after high school, she would attend college at the Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College in Orange, California. Wait, I thought she was rebelling against all this conservative belief system, blah, blah, blah. And she's going to go to a Baptist university? In Orange, California. Fair. Okay. Yep. <laughs> nope. Yep. Does that basically like make them kind of like Methodists? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> now, Orange, California is about... Just because it's in California. <laughs> well... <laughs> Orange, California is about six and a half hours away from Phoenix. And at this time, Steve Downs had joined the Navy, and so they really weren't together. They were kind of apart at this point, right? He's in the Navy. She's off in California. But she did not last one year in her Bible college. Too conservative? She was expelled for promiscuous behavior. I mean, it's a Bible college, what you expect. So she moved back in with her parents. So she was cheating on... Uh, Steve Downs. Steve. Mm -hmm. Thank you, because I was just going to call him Homeboy. <laughs> she was cheating on Homeboy, yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, but she would eventually run away from her parents' home with Steve. And the two would get married on November 13th, 1973. Not surprisingly, the couple's marriage quickly went downhill. They were constantly fighting over money, and Steve was convinced that Diane was having multiple affairs. I mean, based on her Bible college performance. I'm just <laughs> That's saying, what I was going to say. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, yep. I'm not saying it happened. I'm just saying it could be. It's possible. <laughs> In 1974, the couple had their first daughter, who they named Christy Ann. In 1976, they had Cheryl Ann. And in 1979, they welcomed their son, Stephen Daniel. Stephen Ann. Oh, Stephen Daniel. Stephen Daniel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Diane would later claim that Steve was not excited when she got pregnant with their first baby. I'm so sorry, but they should have just called him Stephen Dan. They should have. It would rhyme. It would have rhymed. Yeah. Stephen Dan. Cheryl Ann. Okay, sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Couldn't um, help myself. <laughs> So, yeah, Diane would later claim that Steve was not excited when he found out that she was pregnant with their first kid. Anne says that she got pregnant without consulting him, and he was upset about it. Like, intentionally? That's kind of what it sounds like. like well, she, then I can see why he was upset about it. I agree 1,000%. I mean, whoopsies happen, but if you do that shit intentionally, that ain't right. This is true. And that's happened to lots of people. In 1980, Steve and Diane would divorce because he believed that Stephen Daniel, who they called Danny, was not his son, but the result of an affair Diane had. Even though they named the son after Stephen, he didn't believe he was his. I mean, if he's having suspicions that she's having an affair and, you know, she was, you know, I'm doing that shit in college, I don't know. Because this, this isn't that long after all that, right? No. 
Yeah, so I mean, possible. Yeah, absolutely possible. But they didn't have they didn't have paternity tests back then. Like you just kind of got saddled with the kid, whether I mean, you couldn't prove nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's true. Now I will tell you this: Diane loved to be pregnant. Like it was her hobby to be pregnant. That's a terrible hobby. Well, that was her hobby. So even after she and Stephen divorced in 1982. Diane gave birth again. But this time, she was acting as a surrogate for another couple. Good money in that. But she named the baby. Oh. So to her, her fourth kid was Jennifer. She's like a female Johnny Appleseed. Yes. She's just out there spreading, not the seed, but the babies or the eggs. She's accepting the seed. And spreading the eggs and the babies. (laughs) So on May 19th, 1983, Diane showed up at the McKenzie Willamette Hospital in Springfield, Oregon, and she had claimed that she had been carjacked and that she and her three children had been shot. She and her three children had all been shot. Correct. Okay. At the hospital, seven-year-old Cheryl was pronounced dead on arrival. Danny, who was only three, was paralyzed from the waist down. Some sources say chest down, some say waist down. Either way, he was paralyzed, but still alive when he got to the hospital. And eight-year-old Christy had suffered a stroke. A stroke? From, from the gunshot. being shot? Mm-hmm. Man, this whole story just it turned real quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't expecting that. You, we were just talking about making babies, and you're like, oh, and now we're all shot. Well, and there'll be more babies made in, in, in a minute, but right oh, now fuck. we're all okay. shot. Oh, fuck. Okay. All right. Now, Christy's stroke left her with a permanent speech problem. Diane had been shot in the arm. Lucky Diane. Yep. Shortly, so remember I said that Cheryl was pronounced uh, dead on arrival, the seven-year-old? Yeah. Shortly before she died, she was telling her friends that she was scared of Diane. So just keep that in the back of your mind. During this time, Diane was working... For the Postal Service in Cottage Grove, Oregon. Police and hospital staff almost immediately doubted Diane's story of what happened for multiple reasons. One of which being that she works for the post office. <laughs> no, but I get, where, I get where you're going with that. I mean, no. she's, like, she's like all the ones you were talking about, plus the going postal one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um. Now, the reasons that they thought she was lying was she'd been shot in the arm. Why would some random car jacker shoot the kids to kill and then only shoot her in the arm? Yeah, it makes no right, sense. It makes no sense. Um, they also were a bit concerned because she seemed extremely calm, which I'll throw out there, nobody knows how somebody's going to react in a situation like that. True. But on top of that, apparently she made some inappropriate statements while at the hospital. And some of these included telling a doctor that the shootings had ruined her upcoming vacation and her car. And she like whipped out her phone and got on Instagram and was like, hey, y'all, I got shot. What's up? <laughs> in 1983, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she... She teleported to now, Instagrammed, and went back. Pretty much. Now, Diane drove a Nissan Pulsar, which cracks me up because that's what I wanted. So I had to, like, Google it because I'm like, how did she fit all these damn kids in a Nissan Pulsar? Well, apparently it did seat five. Back in the day? I think it would be a real cramped five, even with kids. Probably, I yeah. mean, that's the car I want. I mean, her, your, your kids are pretty young, so, you know. They were, It's not like still. people used car seats back then. I mean, true. This is true. I mean, I remember being a kid. We just, I don't think we, we didn't wear seatbelts in the back of the No. Maybe we were I used young. to ride in the trunk. Yeah, I've ridden yeah. in the trunk multiple times as well. Do you remember the old station wagons? That had the with seat the, in the back? Yeah, that yep. faced backwards, and you could stare down all the people who were driving behind you. And so my aunt and uncle had one of those, and I was a teenager with another teenage girl, and we were checking out all the dudes in the car. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> we, we made all the, the little kids sit up front so that we could sit in the back and watch uh-huh. everybody. Um, 
Either way, I just, to me, from what I remember of a Nissan Pulsar, because it had like the T-tops and shit, it seems like it'd be a really small five-seater. But I did fit five people in my two-seater CRX, so. Where there's a will, there's yeah, a way. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's not something you don't do normally as a, as a family, right? Right, yeah. right. Now, the doctor would later go on to say that he knew within 30 minutes of Diane showing up that she had something to do with what had happened. Probably. I mean, if you see enough gunshots, you probably can see, oh, she shot herself. Right. Now, remember, though, this is 1983, so yeah. things weren't as advanced. The story that Diane was telling was that she and her children were driving home along what she called the scenic route. They were coming home from a friend's house. Bad shit always happens on the scenic route. So it should be called the bad shit route instead of the scenic route? Maybe. <laughs> she claimed <laughs> she claimed at one point that she was taking the children sightseeing. But it's like 10 o'clock at night, so <laughs> it's dark. What are you taking them... Yeah, I mean, at 10 o'clock at night, in a car, children go to sleep. Like, they and, fall asleep. And they were asleep <laughs> at the time that a strange man supposedly flagged her down. She described this man as a bushy-haired man. And despite the fact that it was 10 o'clock at night, she still pulled over to talk to the man. Because he was flagging her down with her kids in the car. Which, to me, seems really weird. But again, it's 1983, maybe... You just did that. I don't know. You were like two weeks old when this went down. So oh, I don't know. She was probably like, oh, God, it's little Dicky. I'm pulling over. Like, <laughs> what's up? I'm kidding. <laughs> Much to her surprise, when she got out of the car, this man demanded that she give him her car keys. And she refused. But because she refused, Diane and the man began fighting, which led to the gunshot wound in her arm. And after this, the man opened the driver's side door of Diane's car and shot all three kids. Bad little dicky. Diane would then say that she pretended to throw her keys into some bushes nearby on the side of the road. And when the man went looking for the keys, this is when she jumped back in the car and rushed her children to the hospital. If she threw her keys in a bush... How did she rush her kids to the car? She pretended to throw her keys in the bush. Oh, snap. Good thinking. <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and like I said, she claimed that she sped to the hospital. But Diane, not surprisingly, would go on to change her story. Initially, she had said that this attacker was a stranger but she would later go on to say that the attacker called her by name. Little Dicky knows everybody. <laughs> Adding to the investigator's doubt was the fact that Diane did not call Stephen, the kid's dad, first. She called a, merry man, a married man named Robert Knickerbocker, who lived in Arizona. You know times are rough when you're having sex with a man called Robert Knickerbocker. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying. Well, what's funny is Robert lived in Arizona. She's in Oregon. Okay. He was a former co-worker with whom she had had an affair, but Robert would later tell police that Diane had been stalking him, and to him... He didn't think she would have a problem killing his wife oh. if she thought that that meant she could have him. Damn. Okay. He would also go on to say that when Diane moved to Oregon, the relationship had ended and he and his wife reconciled. So, like, his wife knew about the affair. Diane left. But Diane didn't apparently leave him alone once she moved. Now, people who know this story... It's been said that Diane did all of this for a lover who didn't want kids. I don't know if Robert was who she was doing it for. It would seem that way. But there's no clear-cut answer to that. Well, I mean, if she's a, a true-to-life stalker, then a lot of times, you know, people who have these tendencies to stalk will 
come up with these fantasies in their head that, oh, we're really together and he really does love me, blah, blah, blah. And that goes for both male yeah, and female absolutely. stalkers. Um, but if she thought that getting rid of her kids would like it wasn't that he didn't love her and that he really wanted to be with his wife. It's that he didn't like the fact that she had, had kids. kids. Then it would totally make sense that she would kill her kids to try to get him to come back. If that makes sense. Well, I agree with you, but I'm going to throw a wrench in your thought process. Just, okay. I'm I ready. agree with you 100%. If you but, can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> but the two kids that survived remember that their mom was with a man named Lou, which is not close to Richard. This is after Steven. I'm assuming so. Okay. Because we don't really know who Lou is. This is just what the kids remember. That mom liked a guy named Lou, and that one of them even said that mom loved Lou more than she loved them. Okay. All right. But we don't know who Lou is. So, Diane does say that Robert was the lover who didn't want kids. And she goes on to say that he had promised Diane that he was going to move to Oregon to be with her. But this clearly contradicts his story. He says she stalks him. He and his wife are doing good. Well, I mean, there there could potentially be truth to both. But like I said before, if she's a stalker, yeah, it's probably in her head. Exactly. And she did have multiple affairs. Like, that's well known. That's her thing. Yeah. So all of these things are not lining up for police, right? And then on top of this, the forensic evidence from her car doesn't match the story she's told. There's no blood spatter or gunshot residue on the driver's side of the car. And there should have been if this bushy-haired man had shot the children from that side of the vehicle. The right. dicky. Sorry, I'm stuck on that. <laughs> I can't help it. Sorry. <laughs> Diane also failed to tell police that she had owned a 22 caliber pistol, which was what was used in the shootings. But guess who did tell police she owned this pistol? The not boyfriend and her ex husband. Oh, and her ex They both. Oh. Okay. Both Stephen and uh, Robert quickly led police know hey by the way crazy lady's got a 22 yeah exactly and on top of this there had been many witnesses that had seen diane's car on her way to the hospital and remember she claimed she sped all the way there yes i do all of the witnesses that saw her said she was definitely not speeding. She was, in fact, going about five to seven miles per hour. What? She's trying to let the kids bleed out. Wow. Wow, okay. Is the assumption, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So there is absolutely no evidence to back up Diane's story. And on February 28th, 1984, nine months after the shooting, Diane is arrested. And she's charged with murder because Cheryl died and two counts of attempted murder. Which she should be if, yeah. And criminal assault. So in 1984, she goes on trial. But guess what? She gets off. She's pregnant again. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. This time she gives birth to a little girl named Amy Elizabeth. The state immediately takes the baby from her. She's in jail. And Amy is adopted by the Babcock family. And they actually rename her Rebecca. Rebecca's adoption was set up before her birth, like shortly, like literally Di Diane had her and they came and got the baby and took the baby to a hotel just to like get her away from Diane. So this was back in, you know, 84. around this is 84. So, oh, so she'd be right around our age. Yes. So <laughs> did she learn about her mother later? Yes. Okay. She did. But at the time, she's adopted, like I said, <laughs> by the Babcock family. And her adoptive parents always described her as adorable and just a typical baby. She. Obviously, back then, she didn't know 
who she was. No, right? and it's not her. It's not her fault. She's an innocent baby, and, and she has nothing to do with her mother. And that's yeah. Well, and so what's funny is Rebecca was later a guest on Oprah. Oh, really? Okay, so she definitely knew. Okay. Well, she she figured it out. I don't think her adoptive parents told her, but because she was adopted, she was curious, and she you adopted kids are curious. Most of the, most of us are. So Rebecca freely admitted on the Oprah show that as a young child, she was curious about her bio mom and tried to reach out to her. She she wanted she didn't she didn't know who her bio mom was. She just right yeah she just and I get that I totally get that. She does say as an adult, she regrets that she ever reached out to her and made contact with her and describes Diane as a monster. Yeah, that's that's got to be rough. And she did like go talk to her. And oh, really? She to, went yeah. to the prison and talked to her? And, yeah. Wow, okay. And she, good she for her. Re- I mean. I, I say the same good for her, but she does regret it. Like there wasn't. Uh, to me, it seemed like Diane brought nothing positive to her life other than. More misery, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, she birthed her, so without Diane, she wouldn't be here. But sure. other than that, yeah, beyond that, it was nothing. Know, yeah, I mean, and I and I get it. Like, but there is that whole, you know, sometimes, despite how much you want the truth, you don't know what the how much is. you don't really want the truth. You know? Right, and it's funny that you say that because. Rebecca now, she still lives in Oregon. She lives in Bend, Oregon, and works as a behavior behavioral health coordinator and she's been interviewed and she has freely admitted that when she found out who her birth mother was, she went into this really bad downward spiral. She started giving her adoptive parents a really hard time. And then when she was 17, she found out she was pregnant. Well, sure. I mean, that's gotta be tough. And then of course, you know, finding out that you're pregnant as a teenager adds to that. So I mean that's yeah. that's got to be a tough you know time frame, but her. she does she does seem to have overcome. Well, yeah, I mean if she's still out there as a behavioral scientist, it sounds like she made something of herself and is doing good for the community despite you know a, a past that she didn't know about or or found about later. But you she know. went downhill, but she put herself back up. Well, and people can do that. Yeah. You just gotta you know you gotta take care of yourself. So during Diane's trial. Uh, the prosecution presented the case that Diana had killed Cheryl and tried to kill her other two children because, like we said earlier, Robert didn't want to have kids and she wanted to be able to continue their affair. Her daughter, Christy, the one that survived, actually testified during Diane's trial. Oh, wow. And wait, she, okay, so wait. I remember there were there's two three. daughters who just survived. One died. One daughter died. Uh-huh. The other daughter lived. The son lived. Oh, there were three. okay. But so the daughter who testified was the one that had like uh, impaired speech. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So despite her impaired speech, yes. she was still able able to communicate. Yes. And okay, great. Yep. So she she testified and she explained what happened the night of the shooting. She remembered it all. And Christy told the court that her mother had shot her and her siblings. And would later confirm that Diane shot herself in the arm. Damn, it doesn't get much more damning than that. I mean... Yeah, exactly. Like, I know she... A lot of times, courts have a hard time putting faith into... Not faith, but taking the word of a kid just because something like that is so traumatic. Well, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, in this case, not only did she suffer a traumatic event, but she came out somewhat impaired. Not fully, obviously. She can still communicate. And thank God for her. But the fact that she still remembers, despite having the stroke and everything, and was able to testify despite all that. I mean, it just... uh, Yeah. And from what I understand, her story never changed, which was very very good for the prosecution. Absolutely. On June 17th, 1984, Diane was convicted of all of the charges, the murder, the two attempted murders, and the assault. She was given life in prison plus 50 years. The judge over the case actually wanted to ensure that Diane would never leave prison. Like, he he wasn't, he wasn't having it. Yeah. Her trial lasted six weeks. And the jury that convicted her, it did take them 36 hours to to convict. 
but it was made up of nine women and three men. Wow. I mean, I'm surprised it took that long considering how many women were on the jury. I mean, well, but women usually support other women. So to have nine women. Yeah, but women killing kids. I mean, you would think like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and correct me because I'm not a woman, but women have that, you know, maternal instinct and they. Well, but we also rely on that. So I will say as a woman, especially in 1984, women didn't uh, obviously mothers killing their kids has happened since the beginning of time. Sure. But it's been squashed. It's been hidden. It's been. Because you're supposed to have that maternal instinct. So for women in 1984 to think she was full of shit rather than try to have her back and believe her story. Okay. Pretty big deal. All right. I get what what you're saying. saying. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying there. Like, obviously, nowadays. (laughs) That's why I asked. Like I said, I am not a woman. Well, nowadays, we all know that women are just as crazy as men. And this whole stereotype needs to be crushed. Well, but you're right, though. I mean, I think uh, women commit far more crimes than they're actually credited with, and it's probably oh, absolutely. because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Because nobody believes that a woman will do that. Women, men alike, they don't believe that a woman will do that. So if you're going to commit a crime, be a lady. <laughs> I'm kidding. But it's true. I mean, and, and even still, I mean, it's a lot better now, but even still, you still see that today. Well, and I will say, like, I will, the numbers show at least, you know, that, and and like I said, there may be way more and we just don't want to believe it, but women tend to commit less crimes than men, at least certain types of crimes. But, you know, I mean, look at the number of men on death row versus the number of women on death row. And even, even still when women do go on death row, sometimes they aren't actually executed because of that. They are a woman thing. Well, but I will argue this, that some men are on death row for 50 years because the state would rather pay the money to keep them in jail than. Oh, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Because, you know, I mean, once you realize that the whole prison system is like outsourced and it's (laughs) corporatized, that's a whole nother conversation. So we won't go there, but yes. (laughs) So anyway, in later interviews with jurors, the jur- the jurors would say once the verdict was read, they had a weight lifted off their shoulder. Like, they were pretty convinced about her guilt, but still freaking out to say she was guilty. So once that verdict was read, it was like a relief, right? Like, it was finally over. Yeah, done, they're done, and, yeah. over. An- another juror, a separate juror, said that the trial was so emotional that he had actually planned on taking a year off of work a year because of wow. the six weeks he spent in that trial. Cause Jeez. it was so messed up. That's saying a lot. I mean, but yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know that I fully agree with that, but I wasn't there. So I can't say, well, and I will say that the majority of the jurors 100% agreed that the most emotional part of the trial was when Christie took the stand to, talk about uh, what happened per, yeah, yeah 100% believe that now since then Di- uh, Diane has been diagnosed by many psychiatrists some of her diagnosis classified her as a narcissist some said that she was she had anti-personality disorder and some said that she was histronic what the fuck is histronic? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've heard of the other two, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I had never heard of it either, so I looked it up. So histronic is a personality disorder described by the American Psychiatric Association as one that is characterized by extreme attention-seeking. People with this diagnosis are considered to be extroverted and offer, often fl- flirtatious. So... It kind of, in a way, reminds me of Munchausen syndrome, but instead of like trying to make somebody sick, you're just trying to get the attention. You want all the attention on you. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. I've just never heard that term before. I hadn't either, but I think she does fit all of those diagnoses. Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. In 1986, Fred Hugie and his wife, Joanne, adopted Christy and Danny. Now, you're probably wondering who Fred Hugie is, right? Yeah, we haven't heard that name yet. He was the lead prosecutor on the case against what? Diane. 
They so, allowed that? I didn't think they would. Well, he didn't adopt the kids until after she had been tried, convicted, and put in jail. Sure, yeah, and I get that, but that just seems, um, it just seems odd. Why didn't they- I mean, I get it. Like, we've heard of, like, cops adopting kids who've, um, who they've rescued and things like that. It, it just seems somewhat odd. I mean, but if he's a good dad and caring family, like, I'm not against it. It just... Well, apparently they, apparently they were because Christy obviously survived. She did have that speech problem, but she overcame it. Like, I, I think she still has it, but she's learned to deal with it, right? So Christy actually graduated from the University of Oregon. Nice. So she went on to get higher education. And as of 2005, Christy had two children. A son and a daughter, and she actually named her daughter Cheryl after her sister that died. I like it. It's sad, but I like it. Yeah. Um, she has not kept in touch with Diane at all. I don't blame her one bit. Well, I don't either. But if a lot my of- mom shot me, I wouldn't keep in touch with her either. Love you, mom. Well, I agree, but a lot a lot <laughs> of saying. kids do, and so she uh, has she. Yeah, I mean, I guess to each their own. But damn. Now, Danny has kind of kept to himself. The only thing we really know about Danny is that he's paralyzed, but he did survive and he's kind of a computer nerd. Well, I mean, if you can't like play sports and stuff like esports is a thing now, I mean, well, I don't even think that I just, he's, I think he's just tried to kind of stay out of the, I get the limelight, which no, I, I totally, totally get. get. I'm a little bit of a computer nerd too. So, you I have know, no shout, problem. Shout out to Danny. Yeah, you know? I have no problems with computer nerds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're married to one, so it's all good. <laughs> True. So, Diane was being held in the Women's Correctional Center in Salem, Oregon, until she successfully escaped in 1987. Using the power of the witches. <laughs> Salem, Oregon, not Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, I always fuck that up. Yeah. I always forget <laughs> there's one. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. On July 11th of 1987, Diane successfully escaped from her scale, her cell. Her scale. See, she is a witch. I told you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, the next word was, and scaled a razor wire fence. That's impressive. That was yeah. 18 feet tall. Damn. Yeah. It took 10 days and a 14 statewide manhunt to locate her. I mean, that's impressive. I will say people have escaped and been on the run way, way, way longer, but, you know. Well, I think Diane's downfall is that she was... Diane Downs' downfall? Yeah. (laughs) Was that she was found hiding at the home of her cellmate's husband. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Like, if you're (laughs) going to run, don't go anywhere you know. Don't go anywhere you know, ever. Go every place you don't know. So when she was caught, Diane was actually transferred to a prison in New Jersey. So she's sent across across, the country and given an additional five years on her sentence for her escape. They only gave her five years for an escape? Well, I mean, she already had like life in prison plus 20 years or whatever. Well, and I will say, I don't actually know how much they give you for an escape. And I will say, we've talked about a, a lot of, of escapes like how do all these people escape as often as they do the last episode i think we did somebody escaped oh yeah uh, a couple times bloody jack escaped like four times yeah of course that was like in the you know, 1800s yeah, different yeah, yeah. yeah. But or, like, or not 1910s it wasn't but like in the 70s like what bundy escaped bundy, twice yeah. at least if not three times exactly so that's what i'm saying like people escape that shit happens and i they're like, no, we got this locked down. Nah, I don't know, man. Just saying. Just everybody figures out a new way to do it. True that. Um, Diane would go on to say that the reason that she had escaped was to try to locate the bushy-haired man who had attacked her family. She wanted a revenge on him. Little dicky. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, you guys. I'm sure you heard the knocking. Uh, apparently, potty breaks were needed, so we're, we're back. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so since we had to take a little break, I think we're going to go ahead and do this uh, Falling Sky Cloud Break. You want to tell us a little bit about it? What's the Munich? Is it Hales? It's a, I think it's a Hells. Munich Hells 
and it is 4.7 ABV. Mm, no, it's actually 5.4. Okay, well, the on app, the can. The app that shall not be named says 4.7. So app that shall not be named. You got it wrong. <laughs> it says right at home in a traditional German beer hall, Munich Hills is the most prominent lager brewed in Bavaria, enjoyed year round. Catch the glimpse of sunshine with soft malt character and delicate hop spiciness. Most lager is filtered, so enjoy the fresh flavor and elegant finish of our first unfiltered lager to make you forget the clouds will ever come back. Nice. And the flavor forecast on this beer is harvest lager, malty, clean, medium body, biscuit, Yes. Toasty, sweet, and floral. So that's the hops, the floral. I like the biscuit and toasty. Yeah, it'll be bready. So, you ready? ready? One, two. Nice. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I like that. I don't know that I've ever had anything to compare it to. but So I haven't had a Hell's in a long time. And mm-hmm. I actually really, really like this one. And you're not a fan of them, right? I'm not generally, but this one's, um, it's got a nice amount of hops. Yeah, it's it. You get a little bit of the wheat and bready, but it's not, I think it's the wheat and bready that really like overdoes it for, for me most of the time. And in this one, it's not, which no. I like. Okay. So what would you give it? I'm going to have to have 4.75 on this one. Okay. Yeah. It was, but this is really, really good. I was actually a little worried because <laughs> I was sitting there going, you know. Because you don't like it. Like when I do the IPAs. It's not that I don't like them. They're just not my favorite. But this one's really, really good. <laughs> like I could slam this. That's pretty good. We're going to have to do that fast because we're close to the end of the episode. Well, I can keep drinking it after I know. the episode. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't have to get all schwasty, but. Schwasty, man. I'm checking in now. No badges. I'll kick your ass if I. Oh, did I jinx you? you oh, did you not did. Not Lumberjack. Lumberjack. Loggerjack. Oh. <laughs> Level eight. After a long day, what better way to kick back than with a crisp, refreshing logger? You, you're already feeling relaxed, aren't you? That's forty different loggers. Try five more for level nine. Although lumberjack would work because it's a logger, right? So logger, lumberjack. Loggerjack, not lumberjack. No, I know because it's spelled differently. Anyway. (laughs) Yes, logger and lumber. Delicious beer. Tell me about this crazy biatch. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) So she's in New Jersey, right? She serves 10 years in New Jersey. And she's moved to a facility in 2010. Did she ever find Little Dicky? No, because Little Dicky was a figment of her little brain. I know. I believe that. Yeah. What'd she call him? The the what? Bushy-haired man. Bushy-haired man. It actually wasn't Little Dicky, um, if you don't know. Yeah, bushy-haired man. Anybody who doesn't know Little Dicky is in there going, who the fuck is Little Dicky? Is he a bushy-haired man? Oh, yeah. He got the white boy fro. Oh, no. When she says bushy-haired, she's talking, like, lumberjack. <laughs> bushy hair, bushy facial hair, like... Oh, well, now you ruined my whole thing. <laughs> it's okay. It's for- okay. It works. I forgive you. Um, Diane got moved again in 2010 to the Valley State Prison for Women, which is also in California. But then in 2013, that prison was converted to an all-male prison, so she was moved again. But while in prison, she did earn her college degree in general studies, so... Which she'll never, ever get to use. Thanks. Lovely. That we have the same fucking degree. You said uh, just in general studies? Yeah, it's the same degree I have. So she got the most worthless degree you can possibly get. Like I did, yes. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. love you... Diane has appealed her case multiple times. She appealed in 2008, 2010, and 2020. All of her appeals have been denied. And a large part of this denial was that Diana was, I'm sorry, Diane was unable to understand what led to the crimes and why the crimes were wrong. So she just, she, yeah. 
What? Uh, y'all can't see my face by yeah, right now. No, but it, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, and she showed no remorse. Like, she's my impression is she still thinks she did what she needed to do to be where she needed to be. So her appeals have been denied. So did she ever admit to committing the crimes, or is she saying I have nothing to apologize because I didn't do anything? Uh she finally admits it. She finally admits it, but it takes her a minute. Okay, mm-hmm. fair. But even after she admits it, she's still like, "There's still right, not." Yeah, I did it, but I was totally justified. Right, exactly. Well, fuck her then. Now, my favorite woman in the entire world, Little Dicky. I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be a man. <laughs> and my favorite man is not Little Dicky. That would be uh, you. Hey, my favorite woman. You should hey. know who my favorite woman is. Oh, Anne Rule? Yes. Oh, damn, I got it right. You got it right. Because I'm your favorite man in the whole entire world. So Anne Rule wrote a book called Small Sacrifices. And I've actually read it. And it's about Diana uh, Diane's case. And it was actually later made into a made-for-TV movie where... None other than Farrah Fawcett played Diane Downs. Really? Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. I've never seen the movie, but I have read the book. All the young people are like, who the fuck is Farrah Fawcett? Charlie's Angels. Feather hair. Like the original Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah. Like, not like, like the remake. Yeah, not like our Charlie's Angels, but like our parents' yeah, Charlie's like, Angels. Wasn't like Drew Barrymore in that or something? The like, remake? I don't know. I've yeah. never seen either one of them. Uh, I can't remember. I know it had um, uh, Cameron... Diaz. Oh, fuck that bitch. And yeah, like maybe Lucy Liu. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I, my sister maybe watched it. I haven't seen I it. I haven't seen either one, but I know Farrah Fawcett was like the original Charlie's Angel. I think I would have liked the original Charlie's Angels better than the remake, but I've never seen either. So Same. Yeah. But I feel like I agree with you. Anyway, as a side note, Diane Downs' story was the very first story to be covered by Inside Edition. Was it really? Yeah. So that's like how the show got its start, yeah. was covering her story? Yep. Interesting. And she was interviewed in the episode, and the one thing she's remembered for saying is that she always wanted to be a mother. Oh, and then shoot my children. Yeah. Fuck that. <sighs> so sorry. <laughs> See, so, that charming school did not help you any. It's a good review for Falling Sky. Yeah, well, it still doesn't help the fact that your charm school did jack shit for you. I, it taught me how to curl my hair. And burp? No, it didn't teach me how to oh. burp. Matt did that. <laughs> did it teach you the forks? No. I always get lost. You know, like when the table settings, like when you do oh a fancy God. one. Like, you know, there's like two forks and a spoon and a knife. you work from the left end. Yeah, but I don't ever know how to set it up right. I'm just not that fancy. Well, I don't set it up either, but if it's already set up for me. You work from the left to the right. Yeah, you go from... Have I never told you the story about my ex-husband? I know little fork... I mean, we're not going to get all into this, but no, you haven't. Well, you probably have, but... I went to this banquet with his entire family, Mm -hmm. like people older than me. And because I was from Plano, they all looked at me and said, which fork am I supposed to use for the salad? And which The little fork. Well, nobody knew the answer. And I looked at him and I go, you literally work from the outside in. You knew more than they did. I know it's the little fork. The little fork is the salad fork, the big fork. Well, they're supposed to put it on the left. Like, you're literally supposed to be able to go like this. Fair enough. Okay, so we're semi-fancy. We're not, yeah. I ain't fancy at all. I'll use whatever fucking fork I want to to eat whatever the fuck I want to eat. She'll with. pick it up and burp on it, and you know. Just because I know how it works doesn't mean I'm fucking fancy. Okay. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so anyway, remember I said early on that Diane would claim that Steve, her ex husband, didn't want kids. Yeah. He he told a completely different story because he was also interviewed on that first episode of Inside Edition. And he described Diane as a mother who treated her children like crap, denied never wanting kids. And this kind of been this this view has kind of been corroborated because Diane frequently left her kids with her parents or with Steve. She was barely with them. A lot of the times their kids were described as being dirty and disheveled, 
and malnourished. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty bad. Some people now refer to Diane as mommy murderess. I have to back up for half a second. I will say this, like, as a dad, like, say you and I were divorced. Mm-hmm. Whatever. If you brought my children to me dirty, disheveled, and malnourished, yep. I would take those fucking kids from you in a second. Absolutely. So, I will say, like, I don't know, like. Again, this is the 80s, though, where he wouldn't have stood a chance because the woman always won. You might be right, but he could have tried. That's all I'm saying. He could have tried. That's all I'm going to say. He could have tried. I don't disagree. That's all I'm going to say. Diane is now 56 years old, and she does say that she has lost something in this experience. Like her child that she murdered, maybe, possibly, or her freedom because she did that? Overall, the murder of her daughter is now in the past. Her exact quote was... All the gut-wrenching pain I experienced back then is gone. It's history. Man, fuck this bitch. <laughs> Seriously. I'm done with her. No. Well, that's the end of it. But yeah, she's... Um, Good. Yeah. She's let, where let she needs rot. to be. Now, we'll say, I mean, sounds like she got her own whatever thing, mental whatever, but yeah. No. Fuck her. I just find it interesting that she named one of her daughters Jennifer and one of her daughters Amy. Like you and my sister? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I mean, they were, that was before, well, let's see. What year before that? your sister. It before was my after, sister, yeah. I was born for both of them. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I was born in all of this so shit. So you're the first Amy. Okay. Yeah. It's always all about you. What the fuck ever? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh, very good. I mean, that was a... Sad and fucked up case, but it was good. I mean, I, but yeah, fuck that chick. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I've heard the name Diane Downs like a million times, but is that a picture of her? No. Oh, okay. All right. No, that's just a website I had pulled up. Okay. I was in there going, um, but yeah, I mean, I've heard her name a million times, but I don't, I've never really gone and looked at the story. So yeah, very, very interesting. Well, I think. Probably Darlie Routier and Andrea Yates for us. Definitely. Uh, those were the big ones we heard about. That and um, what's the other one? The one with the little girl who... Um, Ashley Still? Amber Hagerman? Amber. Amber Hagerman, yep. Those are kind of the big ones of our kind of lifetime that we that really stand out. So this is Diane Downs when she was convicted. And this, this is her now. I think that's her daughter, Amy slash Rebecca. So sorry, I can't see any of that. But yeah, I mean, we'll put some pictures up on the website. Oh, getting off of, since we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we talked about this previously. We hit uh, a limit with our website subscription. Yep. And we so did tell we them are about to um, go ahead and extend that. We're going to you know, purchase the next level. So we will get all of the blogs updated. We do put pictures out there. Um, we're going to try to come back and put more pictures, uh, update some of the information. So all of that is coming very soon. So please do go check us out at bloodandbarrels.com. Also, if you go there, you can uh, purchase merch. If you want to get the uh, blood and barrels logo t-shirt or I mean, fuck, we got all sorts of stuff. It's not just t-shirts. And uh, of course we have the it's twisty. We need a new merch idea, though, guys. I know. We keep talking about that. So everybody keeps saying, um, what's the one I say all the time? I said it 15 times a day. True dat. Or no. No, it's not that I one. I fucking don't remember. My mom said it yesterday, though. I said it like uh, just a minute ago. I'll probably say it in five seconds. Lord have can... mercy. I don't, I yeah. don't remember. But yes, <laughs> my mom said it yesterday. Yeah. Like, I know. personally think it's a terrible merch idea, but. But whatever it was, yeah, you do say it all the time. I say it time. all the time. Because mom was like, I don't know where you got it. It's twisty. And I'm, I was like, have you listened to like the first 20 episodes? Yeah. In the beginning, we said it's twisty all the time. So, oh, that's what we need. We need a badass bitch t-shirt. Oh, true. We need the badass bitch yeah, t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. We're going to work on the badass bitch t-shirt. We'll announce that when it's ready. Uh, if you have sure. ideas for it. Info yes. at bloodandbarrels.com. Absolutely. Info at bloodandbarrels.com. Uh, when we did It's Twisty, we took uh, some different people's ideas and even some like preliminary sketches, and I kind of put it all together. And It turned the, out awesome. Yeah, so that's out there. Um, 
but yeah. And of course you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, and not Twitter. No, not Twitter. And I am so sorry, bookstore brewing. I am going to add you to our featured booze right when we're done recording this. That was last week's episode. I thought I added it, but I did not. So apologies. And we would add Falling Sky, but they're already on Yeah, there. Falling Sky's already on there. <laughs> yes, because we've done one before. And thanks again to Falling Sky. We love your beer. Thank you so much. Uh, very, very good. And that being said, we want to thank all of you for joining us yet again. You do have the ability to join us on Patreon. We have some new episodes. We're finishing up our first series, and then we're working on a whole bunch of other stuff coming up after that. Oh, yeah. we got a bunch of stuff coming Yep. I think we've had two new episodes in the last two weeks. Yeah, and I think we're going to try to get one out this weekend. So, yeah, we're working quick on getting everything caught up. We kind of fell off for a minute, uh, kind of towards the end of last year, but we're we're catching back up. Hashtag life happens. Oh, hashtag fuck life sometimes. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it through. We're back. And that being said, we love you guys, and we will check you next time. We love you all. Laters. Thank you for joining us here at Blood and Barrels. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Blood and Barrels. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Barrels Pod. Follow us on all the things. You can also listen to Blood and Barrels on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or most anywhere where you enjoy your podcast. If you enjoy listening, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe. For more information about the show, you can check us out at bloodandbarrels.com. If you want to help support the show and become a part of the Blood and Barrels family, you can join us on Patreon and get access to additional content. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.